For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. Grassroots or AstroTurf? Where are the new progressives really coming from? The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Today, I'm on till 5.30, uh, followed by UGA Basketball, but that's okay. We're going to get it all in. There is a lot to get in. We have a really fun and uh, informative show. We're going to get to conspiracy theories as uh, there was a congressional hearing with the Google CEO uh, and demands were made that he step up his efforts to suppress conspiracy theories. And that theme was followed up by Max Kellerman on ESPN giving Steph Curry uh, reading him the riot act for saying he didn't believe in the moon landing. So this is going to be a deep dive down the rabbit hole today. But not. But I want to start out with something that caught my eye, a little bit more down to earth, and uh, I I'm gonna need Binkley, my trusty producer. Binkley is here as always. How are you doing, Binkley? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, I am gonna need your help, which I know you are eager to give me. So I'm actually a little worried about keeping your mic on until I actually I get the question out because <laughs> I know you're chomping at the bit. I got 19 texts at four in the morning. So clearly you've found an answer to my question. Uh, I So we, we were off for a while, but before that and all last year, we were really on the cutting edge of uh, doing research on Stacey Abrams, her real backstory that she had a lot of stories that sounded good, but when you dug in, they didn't really hold water. Ultimately, Binkley found a smoking gun about the true nature of Stacey Abrams and her past and what she's after. Uh, specifically, it was this whole, actually more complex story than you've probably heard about her encouraging or burning the flag of the state of Georgia and actually, in so doing, setting back the effort to uh, to put in a new state flag, which I think was the right thing to do. So it's very cynical. It's very political. And we were on the cutting edge of exposing that. And in the process, we demonstrated how a lot of uh, oftentimes, certainly uh, in some important cases such as Stacey Abrams, she got her start uh, or first significant leg up in high school at an important elite program. And since that time, she's had what she described as a blueprint or a plan or a life plan, and she's been following it every step of the way. And once she did make a Freudian slip, that makes me think that the plan is to be president. So she's on the back burner right now a little bit, but she's not going away. She she has been kind of groomed 
uh, by some very powerful people, and she's she's going to play an important role going forward in in perhaps the transformation of this country. But uh, I got a tweet not too long ago that made me wonder um, uh, if there was somebody just like Stacey Abrams on the horizon to the north. Sir drinks a lot of scotch, tweeted to me. Is Ocasio-Cortez really as dumb as she sounds, or is this an act? Is there an ulterior motive? I mean, is she the smart public defender playing stupid and then wins the case? Or is her head really filled with rocks and she was elected by idiots? Okay, so that's full of a kind of uh, invective, I think. I have to look up that word, but this sounds right, uh, that I would not use, but... Uh, I take his point. Ocasio-Cortez is the youngest congressperson ever elected. She's in uh, a Bronx, Queens district. Actually, my nephew lives in that uh, in that district. And uh, the way she made the scene and her her openly socialist views made me smell a rat anyway. It was very Bernie Sanders-esque, and she was actually tapped by Bernie Sanders' uh, crowd, uh, so I'm not gonna I'm gonna steal Binkley's thunder since he's sent me all of this stuff. I'm going to just uh, let's start with the question in the tweet. What's up with this chick? Is she uh, what you see is what you get, or is there something underneath the surface? I would not underestimate her. She is fantastic, in my opinion, at doing her job, which is community organizing, which is something that she has been doing since she was at least in tenth grade. I I, I just want to point out that. People listening might think, oh, it's irrelevant. She's in New York. But it's just like Stacey Abrams and all. This stuff is about transforming the nation. I mean, Stacey Abrams said that. We need to transform Georgia to transform the nation. The the organization that tapped Ocasio-Cortez is called Brand New Congress. They're trying to uh, make a Congress that's way further to the left, younger, more malleable, et cetera. So I'm just saying it's relevant. Trust me. Uh, yes. Yeah, so she's so she's not an idiot. No, she's not, not at all. Box rocks. So what's her what's her story? Why does she come off that way? Because she's does she? playing a role that a community organizer for the demographic that she's targeting needs to play. And she's being the person that she needs to be in order to get the to mobilize the most amount of people to get behind her. I uh, one of the things I came upon uh, in the b- brief kind of. Um, survey that I took of her background was that she was a bartender. And I thought, well, maybe that's why maybe I was a bartender or I was a waitress and I also worked behind the bar. And you have a lot of, you really talk to people, but they're drunk half the time. So you got to be able to kind of dumb it down and not be judgmental. If you want to be entertaining and exchange ideas, it's a good way to hone that skill of kind of what Rush, I think, calls the drive-by listener or whatever. So, like, she she could have used that job to hone her skills. Oh, but yeah. then, But then as I looked into it, I'm not even sure that was really her job. I almost feel like that job was there so that she could so say, well, she was a bartender and now she's a congresswoman. Wow. But... Yeah. She so. graduated cum laude from Boston uh, University, and she was fourth in her class. She had an international... Uh, studies and economics degree, I believe. International relations and a minor in in economics, and she worked for Ted Kennedy while she was in college. Which is not going to be an easy job to get. I mean, that would be the 
the grand prize. That would be like you are the chosen one. We are not going to squander this on a resume for someone. See, because the bartender stuff, I read it said she came back after college uh, and started working as a cocktail waitress and a bartender uh, after her father died in 2008, which was 10 years ago. She's only 29. So that would have had to be 19, which is a little, I mean, to be a cocktail waitress at 19, I'm not even sure that's legal at uh, uh, some place because you can't drink. They don't want you starting. The, um, so I tried to investigate what uh, I tried to investigate that her um, bona fides when it came to bartending. See, because I like to make craft cocktails and I was a waitress and a bartender. Like, that's my thing. So it's like, oh, well, how bad could she be? And the Bronx. You have that in common and as the well. Bro- I'm from Brooklyn. Well, I know, that's but still, New York. not the same thing at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What's wrong with you? It's like sinking Georgia Tech and UGA. Oh, my thing. gosh. Like, it's no. Anyway, so... Um, but she, but you pointed out she's not really from the Bronx. She's from Yorktown Heights. Yeah, and she grew I'm up not in really the Bronx. From Brooklyn. She... <laughs> I'm from Rockland County. Right. She was five when she left the Bronx, and she went to Yorktown. Yeah. So I'm from Rockland County, which is the blue collar suburb on the other side of the river. Westchester is the nice place to live when you move on up, and that's where she lived. That's where yeah. she lived. So I know you're the one who told me she lived there, but I I'm from there. So. Uh, so what so the bartender thing so i tried to wikipedia and other sources say that she worked um to help her struggling family and blah 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 and and one of the articles said that she worked and they wrote where she worked fixed flats or something like that a craft cocktail bar which is kind of a new phenomenon it's probably not too many i don't think there were any craft cocktail bars 10 years ago but uh but the, all the sources on Wikipedia for this narrative that she came home from college to work in a bar and all that kind of stuff are all sourced back to a Huffington Post article that doesn't that there is no source for it. There's no <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no information that tells you that she went that it was 10 years ago or anything. It's just a picture of her working at this place that is clearly new, newer last year, which doesn't even make sense because she was already on her way. She'd already organized for Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, working as a bartender, you got some good cash coming in. So I would do it. I would do it now. That's also (laughs) a good way to campaign if you're working at a prominent bar in the area that you want to run for office in. Yes, and of course, what it really does is make you a bartender. It makes you (laughs) of the people. Yeah, which is what people, which is exactly what she's going for. Yeah. And uh, she knows and, what she's doing. She was in highly selective community organizing programs in high school that are just as selective as that Tellerude program, almost Telluride, as that yeah. uh, Telluride that Stacey Abrams was in. Well, that's the thing. It says, like, oh, she went back to the Bronx right after college. She's like, well, she hadn't lived in the Bronx since <laughs> before kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. But if that's the, the, the image you want to present, then, so in some of the other stuff I read, See, I knew I was going to steal all your thunder. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Uh, we'll wait because uh, I want to read some passages from her that actually expose some tactics that that is are being used by, I mean, I hate to always like be the left, the left. I, the right has their tactics too. The left, right, 
dialectic is is a distraction from like major policy issues that we are completely insulated from. And people like this who seem to be dumb as a box of rocks and aren't, they're avoiding, they're keeping you. They could actually reach you with with the more complex policy arguments, but they don't. They're there to to incite division so that we don't think about the deeper policy issues. But but some of her tactics are very revealing and dovetail with a couple of things that you've sent me recently. Uh, one um, is from uh, Intel activities from long ago, and one is from Indivisible and the kind of uh, resistance in the here and now. So I want you to, to help us connect the dots between what these people are doing and the theories that are written in black and white that give them their marching order. So we have a big show. That's before we even get to all the fun conspiracy stuff later. So uh, be right back. This is Monica Perez and uh, and Brad Binkley, 404-872. I mean, I know your name, but <laughs> we're having trouble with the call, so I don't want to say the number. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can try to call. Hopefully, I can uh, I can pick it up. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. No, never give up. Never surrender. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. Thank you, Rachel. By the hammer of Lothar, <laughs> I will avenge you. No, I appreciate that, Rachel, a fellow sci-fi fan. Thank you very much. Uh, I want we're we're getting into this Ocasio Cortez thing. I really just wanted to answer uh, Sir Drinks a Lot of Scotch's question, but it just you know, just peering down that rabbit hole of her past, you just fall right in. So, and it's so much like Abrams. Just like her. Just like her. So, so with Abrams, her start was in this Telluride program. And I long suspected everyone from James Comey to George Soros were tapped as teenagers. And, and that's important for, that can really, uh, you can shape the person. You basically own the person. They don't have our networks. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting to me how young they can get these people, not just from like CIA parents, but also, I I mean, I almost wonder sometimes if these big movements, uh, where she got her start, for example, was in that water rights, the Native American water rights protests. It's almost like they have these things where like the Parkland, the young people of Parkland coming out against guns. It's almost like they see what leaders can rise to the top and, and take the mantle. But her start was even before that. She was in one of these elite programs in high school, uh, Ocasio-Cortez. What was her program? We got one minute, Pinkley. Tell me her program and then... Um, she was in multiple programs. One of them was called the LDZ, the National Hispanic Institute's Legislative Session, where it is an opportunity for young people to learn how to navigate, manage, and create large organizations by taking charge of their own youth government and proposing future community policies and projects. And the other one is the J.F. Lopez program, where high-achieving students have the opportunity to mobilize communities and operate at executive levels. All right. Save those passages. Because in the stuff you sent me, and you weren't even connecting these dots, but in the email you sent me, we want to start a new segment called Intel Archive about the tactics of the intelligence community going back to the early or mid-20th century. This stuff comes right out of their playbook. So I want you to read some passages connecting the dots after the break. This is Monica Perez. 
Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at WSB. Monica Perez. It's all real. Oh my God, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. That is the uh, perfect clip for if we get to the conspiracy theories. I think we will. We've got a lot of time. We're on until 530. But this Ocasio-Cortez thing is taking really taking us further uh, than I thought because what she's doing is part of a bigger plan. And we're seeing examples of it all over the place. And there's just so much to it that's worth listening to. Uh, understanding. So I'm going to read a quote from her, and there's two things in there that are worth understanding. And then um, we're going to go to Binkley's research to see exactly how this stuff, uh, the things that she's doing, are tried and true tactics. Uh, let's let's just dig in. So Ocasio Cortez is the youngest congresswoman ever seated, or uh, or congressman. Uh, she's 29. She's in a district 14, I think, in New York. It's like the Bronx and Queens. And she's got a story of being like Jenny from the block, but she moved out of the Bronx when she was five and grew up in Yorktown Heights, which is an almost entirely white suburb in West, Westchester County. Now I'm from Rockland County, which is like up a County. So we're like the poor blue collar Westchester's fancy, generally speaking. Uh, so, but she's got this legacy. She was a bartender, which I, I think actually might have been, uh, in the service of creating the legacy that she actually became a bartender to legitimize her blue collar implications. But before that she was an intern in Ted Kennedy's. So, uh, she, when she, uh, so the, so I believe this is pretty well crafted and that's who she is. And this is what she said. This is one of the things I want to tell you that um, gives us insights what she's doing. She said, I knew that if we were going to win, the way that progressives win on an unapologetic message is by expanding the electorate. That's the only way we can win strategically. It's not by rushing to the center. It's not by trying to win, uh, spending all of our energy winning over those who have other opinions. It's by, uh, it's by expanding the electorate. Now, I'm going to just pause. There's one more line. But when she says that, this explains what I've said before about immigration. I'm a libertarian. I believe in the right to work and travel. I don't even, I, I, I even enjoy multiculturalism as much as like conservatives puke on the term. I like, I like a variety of people. I have found that people from more traditional cultures often share my values better than the materialism that we see today. But I, that doesn't blind me to the fact that the immigration is a political tactic, not only to polarize voters, but uh, like um, Kelly Green, no, I forget, I'm not sure if I got her name right, wrote a book, Weapons of Mass Migration. They, there are purposes to immigration policy that the politicians are using for themselves, and, and expanding the electorate is a very good explanation for why, and I think everybody's heard this before anyway, it's not news, but why the left is pro-immigration, even though they claim, as she claims, to be for the worker. She have a passage from her saying she would never take money from a corporation. She would never sell out. But uh, it's commonly accepted by the left, or it used to be anyway, 
that it's the corporations, it's the capitalist pigs who want cheap labor crossing the border. That immigration policy is a way to undermine the labor, uh, the labor unions, the wages, all that kind of stuff. So the reason the left, in my opinion, and I think she's hinting at it here, the reason the left is uh, wants unfettered immigration is to expand the electorate to people who can be tapped into without the very strong um, cradle to grave understanding of what makes America uh, a, a unique um, opportunity, but the American experiment as uh, as economic and personal liberty resulting in greater prosperity for everybody. People from other countries just don't understand that They a lot of times. They think that because they have corrupt systems, they think it's a struggle between haves and have-nots and, the, and, it, and that it's inherently a violent struggle because there is no justice. So that's a little bit of a tangent, but I, I believe when they say expanding the electorate, that's what they're saying. But here's, here's the kicker that uh, brings Binkley in. Um, my producer Binkley's got a lot of research under his belt on this. Okay, so she says, uh, we're going to win by expanding the electorate. Speaking to those that feel disenchanted, dejected, cynical about our politics and letting them know that we're fighting for them. So disenchanted, dejected, cynical about our politics. So she's deliberately uh, tapping into people who have gripes who have fears i mean that's she's saying we expand the electorate and we find unhappy people and we tell them that we're going to help them and that in itself is rather cynical binkley can you uh can you i I thought that spoke to something you proposed for uh an insight into the intel archive from what what is this what am i looking at here this is the 1943 OSS Morale Field Manual. And OSS was the precursor to the CIA. The Office of Strategic Services. Yes. Okay, so this, so 1943. All right, so what that, so how long ago is that? 70, 80, I don't know. Something like that. Long time ago. 50, 70, seven years ago, 70 something. All right, good. So what does it say? The general principles of morale operation. Okay, so you have a whole bunch of these things. And this is just one little passage that I thought spoke directly to her. It does. Morale operations focused on principal leaders and special groups who exert or are capable of of exerting real influence on and control over large masses of people. Okay, so this, to me, is why identity is so much more valuable than values or policy arguments, because if you want to appeal to somebody's values or uh, want to explain to promote a policy, you really have to take a lot of time. You might not be successful, but if they can convert uh, politics, political positions into uh, identity, you can just appeal directly to a person of uh, it doesn't take a lot of argument. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think a lot of these people come from large minorities you know, ethnic groups, because they say, de facto, I'm on your side. Just look at me. I mean, I think Stacey Abrams actually said that. Yeah. Just look at me. You know I'm on your side. It's like, hmm. That was part of <laughs> not, her campaign message. not sure basically. that was how people were yeah. feeling when she was leading the uh, protest after Rodney King. Yeah. But, okay. 
It goes on to say that these leaders are key enemy military, naval personnel, administrators, civil leaders, quislings, diplomats, potential leaders of the resistance. Okay, hold on. So the enemy military. So this is about attacking an enemy. Yes. I I propose that it doesn't take much of a leave to say, and they've done it in other ways, such as propaganda, they turn it towards the domestic population. Right. Because they feel like the people can be the enemy of the state, which they're there to support. And I think if we can get to those Kellerman clips later, or even what we talked about last week with Tim Cook, or um, what the Google guy said in Congress, they make it clear that they're trying to protect the state from the people. Yeah. Okay. And it shows that they're training people to do this. They're not going to use these skills that are helping them get what they want only with one group of people. Oh, yeah. And that it's totally without ideology. It's irrelevant what the person's ideology is. They're just using them to subvert whatever power they're trying to undermine. Okay, keep going. The groups, the, the, it continues to list the groups. It says partisan groups, special, political, religious, labor. And then it says any affected, di- any disaffected group in the population whose grievances and vulnerabilities can be exploited. Yeah, and that's what she's saying. She's mm-hmm. not even saying what it is that their problem is. She's saying they're disenchanted, dejected, and cynical about our politics. Yeah, this is what they're training agents to do in 1943. And when you read before the break the description of the two high school, was it high school programs she was in? Yeah. Yeah, that they actually were training people to mobilize masses of people on the community level. This, I feel, is... I mean, I feel all of this stuff is betokens a deliberateness in her approach that the bartender legacy and some other quote you sent me of her saying, oh, I'm gosh, I woke up one day and they were like, you're on the ballot. (laughs) You know, it's like, what? You got to read. Do you have that quote handy? Let me see. You emailed it to me. It was just so crazy. Uh, I don't see it right now, but she said that she found out that she said she found out that she had gotten nominated to run for office after she had gone on tour recording people at that uh, Standing Rock and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that she came home and like just couldn't believe yeah. that she was famous. In her what a hometown. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you got to find that quote, though, because it sounds like I'm exaggerating, but I don't think I am. So, OK, so is that the No, there's a little bit more. right? The second one gives the objective. Okay. Of the morale operations. Mm-hmm. And it says the object is therefore to concentrate op- operations on those critical persons and groups whose subversion or co- cooperation will produce the most telling effects on large masses. Thus, all morale operations must be carefully tailored for the particular persons or groups that are its special targets. Now, you have pointed that out to me, or I have noticed it. I press you on it all the time when you bring to me stuff from Antifa. And Black Lives Matter, I don't know if we've done that too much, but Antifa and some of these organizations, what was the uh, the women's thing, the women's march, all this stuff, that it's very specific to the target audience. I've noticed it on the other end of the spectrum. So I'll look at the Atlantic or Council on Foreign Relations uh, Foreign Affairs quarterly, and I will see a an elevated level of propaganda, which gives a lot of limited hangout information, like to appeal to the vanity of uh, of the of the people who went to Ivy League schools and everything. You really have to make a very compelling argument for your policy. They can handle the complexities of the policy. They want that. They'll still 
go with the side they think they are, which is Democrats. But they're learning how to defend themselves in an intelligent community. So it's very I've noticed the layers of propaganda that are directed to specific groups, which is why people don't believe it. I'm like, yeah, it's in writing. It's there. They tell you what to do. The stuff you got from Indivisible. I want you to tell us more about that. It's their blueprints for community organizers in the here and now. I, I'll tell my husband about it and he'll be like, it doesn't say. I'm like, it says that. It tells them exactly what to yeah, do. Like, down well, why to, aren't yeah. they blasting it on Fox News? Like, because that's not the way it works. That's yeah. not what it works. The dialectic is embraced by both sides. They're not telling their tactics unless you need to know. I found the quote. Go. Cortez said that when I got back from touring uh, Standing Rock, brand new Congress gave me a call and told me that I was nominated to run for office. That's basically how this whole thing because kicked off. she doesn't have a cell phone. Yeah. She so was, her phone yeah. was ringing when she walks into her apartment. She's just, a nomad, yeah. Yeah, the, just the, the black rotary phone. Just <laughs> zing, 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 zing. It was a yeah. letter was delivered to her. Yes, yes. Oh, telegram. That's the end of the quote. Oh, wow. That's it. She was just like, wow. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I was, she was out of town, and when she came back into town, you know, there is no out of town anymore yeah so uh yes it's (laughs) hard to buy the story but i don't mean to be to take it lightly i just i think it's funny because i i think these people are manipulative and any time i find a funny little mm, something that doesn't sound right and you try to like dig into where it first came up and you hit your footnote hit your footnote find the article it always, every time with this chick anyway, it's, I haven't really been satisfied with the veracity. Every time you yes. look one of, one of these people up, yes, they have a similar background. It's unbelievable. The big tech guys too, it's almost always leads to some kind of military intelligence of their parents or yeah. whatever. It's like, DARPA. like 80% of the time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is Monica Perez. We're going to get a little bit of that indivisible stuff after the break. Monica Perez. Everything you do is being watched by some all-seeing eye. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We are back. I, I wanted to just interject a little um, kind of basics on limited governments, on the Constitution. When Binkley and I were talking about this Ocasio Cortez's strategy and and that so the tweet from Sir Drinks a Lot of Scotch said, is she dumb or is she playing us basically? And the answer is, I, I think that we've come up with that she's for sure playing a role with a goal. The goal is to mobilize people, and uh, but the question of like, is she really that intelligent? Binkley said, well, she's not explaining complex policy to anybody. Now, she might be. We don't know. She's not actually doing it out there in the world. But my my point is that nobody is. Nobody is on the left or the right. I mean, the, the, the welfare warfare super state has become the protectorate of both the left and the right. And what we have at the same time is this increasing polarization, it's this focus on personalities, identity, the personalities, the Trump whole thing, Manafort, Comey, Cohen, Flynn. It's all personalities and, uh, and, and identity, you know, on the left. It's all identity. These are not policy issues. Why? Because limited government, our experiment in, in self-governance, I'm a libertarian. I think it's all about liberty. But liberty might just be the byproduct because self-government isn't possible 
if things are complicated, if the government has a lot of power, then you just have to relinquish your power to the technocrats. And that's what we have here. And what these people are all doing, I think from Trump to Ocasio-Cortez, is distracting us from the reality that the policy is too complex. We know we have lost our grip on on self-governance. And, and a perfect example of that is the national debt, which is taxation without representation. I mean, that's where we are. We can go deep if you want. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.